Just because we're at home doesn't mean we can't still be frugal foodies. Today, we'll look at how you can jumpstart a garden and start making craft brews at home. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Frugal Foodie is back. If you're new to the series, it's where we explore ways you can eat well without breaking the budget. For some though, when you hear frugal, it means cheap. I get it. Maybe you know someone who brags about getting the absolute lowest price on everything, whether it's good or bad. While you can save money being frugal, the real focus is getting the best value. When it comes to food and and really life, you don't want to settle for less just because it's the cheapest. You want to get the most out of what you have. With this series, we look at ways that you can make your dollar go further. We've talked about getting great deals on food, whether it's grocery hacks, meal planning, or even going out to eat. Today, we're going to look at another way you can enjoy fantastic meals and still keep things affordable. We're talking about gardening and home brewing. What was interesting was how incredibly relaxing these hobbies were, especially last year. Many of us had more time at home and the usual options weren't always available. Family trips, checking out the museums or festivals were all off the table. We had to find ways to keep ourselves busy and have some creative outlets. For us, that included making home brews and being out in the garden. We had home brewed years ago, but when we had two toddlers at home, it became more of a hassle, so we took a hiatus. Thankfully, we still had the equipment in our basement, so when we felt like starting that back up last year, it was fairly simple. The other hobby, gardening, is something we've been working on year after year, especially with this house. We have our main space out back where we grow hot peppers, tomatoes, different greens, strawberries, and more. 2020 was still, you know, 2020, but it was good to have a project to work on. While I don't think all of our hobbies have to be productive or optimized, I do feel like there are some great benefits with making and growing your own food. If you're really looking to make meals at home more enjoyable and special, it's hard to beat something that you grew or made yourself. Today, we're going to look at what it takes to get started so the two of you can level up and become frugal foodies. In this episode, we'll go over how you can set up an easy-to-maintain garden in or outside your house, explore the fun of home-brewing craft beers, and then we'll look at the numbers and see how they come out. Are you ready? Let's get started. When you're talking about being a foodie, you can't ignore how much better dishes are when you have the right ingredients. Whether you enjoy meals at home or out, what makes it superb is what goes into it. Fresh ingredients locally source are popular trends. But really, what's more fresh and local than what you grow at home? Even if you focus on just growing herbs, you can really elevate your dishes. So why don't more of us garden? I think many of us, which a few years ago also included myself, 
feel like it's complicated or you have to have some natural ability or if your yard is not perfect, a lot of money to fix it. Gardening doesn't have to be complicated. Once you understand the basics, it's a lot easier to build a garden that fits you and your space. And besides the financial benefits, there are several other reasons why you should try it out. First off, let's talk about health and mood boost. Gardening outside can give you some exercise as you tend to your spot. And gardening, whether it's indoors and outdoors, can help reduce stress. Another benefit is encouraging healthier habits. Besides being more inclined to try fruits and vegetables with your own meals, you will also be helping your kids develop a habit of healthier eating. One study found out that college students who had some garden experience growing up ate more fruits and vegetables in their diet. So if you want to get started, here's how to make things much easier on you. Before you add anything to your garden space or buy any supplies, you have to understand a few key things. For plants to grow, they need a certain amount of sun, water, and proper soil. Depending on what you want to grow, they'll have different requirements. If you had plants die on you before, I'm raising my hand too, chances are you aren't able to meet one of those three key ingredients. Let's look at how you can set yourself up for success and then ways to keep your expenses in check. I'm going to start off with one of the most common mistakes gardeners make, not correctly watering your plants. If you're indoors and you're using containers with no drainage, then you're at higher risk for overwatering. It's not always the case, but typically if you're outdoors, you may not be watering enough. How can you figure out what's enough for your vegetables, herbs, and fruits? You have to check the soil either using your finger or shovel to gently push aside some of it to see how deep the water has gotten into it. These checks can be a protection for you. If you're doing an indoor garden with your space and you don't have that drainage, having too much water can cause root rot. If you have an outdoor garden, then you might have a challenge with keeping it all adequately watered without having your bills go through the roof. So here are some strategies that can help you out. Focus on the roots. If you're watering with a can, then make sure you are directing it to the base of the plant so that it can get soaked up with the roots. If you are using a soaker hose or a drip irrigation system, place it near the plant's base. You want to make sure that you're giving enough water to the base without wasting any of it. Next tip is water in the morning you have a higher chance of it getting absorbed by the roots rather than evaporated, and you also give it time to dry. And this can be a benefit because it can help prevent fungal diseases. The third tip is use mulch. You can certainly pick up some at the store, but if you don't mind waiting, you could get a lot of free mulch by calling your local tree company and see about getting on their list. They sometimes will take down a tree, chop it up, and turn it into wood chips. But instead of taking to the dump and paying a fee, they could drop it off at your house. And we've gotten two batches of mulch this way. And using the price that I saw online with the stores, we saved about $600 with each batch. Finally, reclaim your rainwater. 
We have a rain barrel system that allows us to collect dozens of gallons of water. And reusing that not only saves us money with our bills, but it's also environmentally friendly. So let's go to the next one. The second ingredient for garden success is having the proper amount of sun. Some plants absolutely need full sun, talking about at least six to eight hours of direct sun per day to get the fruit or the vegetables that you're looking for, while others prefer to have some shade so they don't bolt. So just a quick run through of what kinds of plants you can put in each category. With full sun, you have plants like tomatoes, okra, melons, sweet potatoes, hot peppers, green beans, cucumbers, zucchini, and pumpkins. For herbs, you can look at basil, lavender, and stevia. And for those shady spots, they still get some sun, uh, but they also have some shade. You're looking at your greens. Choices like spinach, chard, leaf lettuce, peas, radishes, kale, arugula, green onion, bush beans can do really well. For herbs, cilantro, parsley, and lemon balm do really well with partial sun and shade. One thing you quickly find out when you're gardening is how much your soil matters. When you have an indoor garden, it can be a bit easier because you can get the proper mixes from the store. But if you're outdoors, you may have to fix what you currently have. Soil is much more than dirt. In general, all soil is a mix of silt, sand, and clay. And when you hear those terms, they're really giving you information about the texture and the particles that are in the soil. And that matters because with some soils like sand, the nutrients go by quickly and with clay, it just stays there. So you want to make sure that your plants are in the right environment for themselves. And we've had a struggle with this at our house. Our main garden space is out in the backyard. In that area, it's pretty sandy. Closer to the house, we're practically at the opposite end. We have some hard clay. Some of the areas have moss, while others are bare spots. Because each of these areas were different, we had to treat them differently. How about your space? What kind of soil do you have? If you're not sure, you can start with your hands and your eyes. Get some of the soil and see how it feels. They do have some do-it-yourself tests that you can get at a home and garden store. But if you want to, you can get a more detailed analysis by your state's cooperative extension. Here in North Carolina, it's free for most of the year. But if you do a soil sample between peak season, which is between December 1st and March 31st, it's about $4. That's a very small price to pay to get really detailed information about your garden space. And when you have a clear idea of what your soil lacks or has an overabundance of, you can then amend it properly. Whether you have an outdoor space or your garden, you can improve it by composting. Composting is pretty straightforward for us. We have a system where we have a pail right there on the kitchen counter where we put our scraps, not including dairy or meat. Every morning or so, we then take those kitchen scraps and add it to the compost pile in the backyard. And we have a geobin and a tumbler tucked away behind some trees. The geobin holds about 200 gallons. So if we had to buy the equivalent amount of compost from the store, it'd be around $720 
to just cover that geo bin. That's some significant savings there. But more important to me, we have an organic and earth-friendly way to feed and amend our garden. Now that you understand the essentials that you need and you understand your space, it's time for the fun part, choosing what to grow. I used to be a person who kept a cactus because it was the only thing I felt I could keep alive. Fast forward a few years and now I enjoy hunting through seed catalogs, picking out what we're going to grow. This didn't happen overnight, but it wasn't as hard as I thought. A big part of what helped me was building up the confidence and practicing garden skills with easy to grow vegetables and herbs. I'll have a full list on the site, but here are a few of my favorite plants to grow. With herbs, rosemary, mint, thyme, oregano, and basil are incredibly simple to start and maintain. With vegetables, if you're going outdoors, green beans, spinach, cherry tomatoes, onions, and peppers are also fun to grow and very easy to take care of. As a piece of advice, if this is your first garden, I say it's perfectly fine to start out with some seedlings. Some herbs like lavender are better to start off with when you have the seedling and then as it grows you can split it and spread it around your garden. Then there are some like carrots where it's better that you just grab the seed. But mixing seed and seedling is perfectly fine. You just want to consider your budget as seedlings are typically more expensive. For a small garden, they may not seem like a big deal, but if you have something larger planned, it can definitely break the budget. Hopefully you can see that whether it's indoors or outdoors, having a garden is a fantastic hobby. With these tips, I hope that it helps you to create a garden that you love without breaking your budget. With fresh ingredients, you can prepare an exquisite yet affordable meal, the very definition of being a frugal foodie. Like most people who have thoughts of making their own beer, the initial motivation for us was fueled by local brewery tours. Raleigh has some fantastic spots all around town, and we enjoyed going out on weekends, trying a new place. It was funny to me because at some point during the tour, the guide would usually mention how things got started with home brewing, and that intrigued us. After checking online with some sites and speaking with friends, we decided we were going to give it a try. The good news is if you break it down, beer really just needs four main ingredients. Water, grain, hops, and yeast. And while at that time we thought you'd need a ton of equipment to get started, that's not the case. Of course, if you're super into it and you want to do huge batches, your equipment list may be a lot, but for most, it's fairly affordable. The first time we got into brewing, we grabbed a one gallon brew kit from Brooklyn Brew Shop. This kit practically had everything we needed for our first batch. We had those main ingredients, a thermometer, we had tubing, and the airlock, and a sanitizer. When you are brewing beer, you definitely want to keep everything sanitized. In checking my notes, it looks like we paid about $45 for everything. And the best part is that equipment we could use for future batches. The one gallon setup is a great option for those who don't know if they like to homebrew on a regular basis. Having that small kit can help you test the waters. It's also handy if space is limited at your place. Having enjoyed the process, we decided that we wanted to get into making five gallon batches. 
And we looked around and price shopped for beginner kits with that. Since we don't always agree on drinking the same beer, we wanted a setup that would allow us to brew two batches at a time. The time added would be minimal, and looking at costs, it basically came down to just grabbing an extra bucket. Thankfully, there's a local brew shop right here in Raleigh, American Brewmaster, that we were able to go get the equipment we needed. Having online options to get your equipment can be very helpful, but I love having a local spot that you can call someone and talk with and get your questions answered right there. And I've noticed that there's a very generous spirit in the homebrew community. They love swapping recipes and ideas and stories of what worked and what didn't work. I'm proud of the different styles we've tried out so far. We each have our personal favorites and we enjoy a few together like the red ales or the double IPAs. While we've created our own recipes, specifically when we are looking at meads or doing gluten-free brews with our friends, we mainly use kits. If you're starting off with home brewing or you want to keep things uncomplicated, going with a recipe kit makes sense. They're prepackaged with pretty much all the ingredients you need to make a batch of beer. You have the correct amount, so you just follow the recipe included and you're set. What's fantastic about this is there are a lot of clone brews. So if you have a particular beer that you enjoy that maybe it's not local, you can make it at home. And we've also made batches of beers for friends as gifts for anniversaries or weddings. Since we're a podcast that talks about finances, you're probably wondering how much is it going to cost to get started with home brewing? And are we actually saving money making our own beer at home? Let's start with the one gallon setup. For the equipment you need and to have a recipe kit included with it, you're talking about prices starting around $45. Brooklyn Brew Shop that I had mentioned earlier has a great variety of kits that you can grab. You can pick a style that you love and have that equipment and recipe all with one purchase. You can then decide if you want to get the recipe mixes for future batches, or you can go to a local brew shop if you have that available. Price-wise, you're talking about, for the local brew shop here, American Brewmasters has one-gallon kits for about $14.50, and that's with the ingredients. And then online with Brooklyn Brew Shop, I'm seeing $16 or more, depending on the style you're getting. The more complicated the beer, the more complex it is, you're going to have more ingredients, which raises the price, but not significantly. Now let's talk about the five-gallon setup. You might be wondering, if it costs $45 for the one gallon, does that mean we have to pay five times as much for the five gallon? The answer is no. It can be really cost effective to go with the five gallon setup if you know that you enjoy home brewing and will be making batches throughout the year. For example, our local brew shop has a deluxe brew kit for five gallons with the ingredients included for $120. Since you're going to be using the equipment for future batches, this can be a great deal. Now let's talk about those recipe kits and ingredients. Like I mentioned, with the one gallon brews, you're talking about $15 to about $20 to make a batch. As a general rule of thumb, one gallon gives you about 9 to 10 bottles of beer. 
If you're going with brewing five gallons at a time, you can see some significant savings. Now, the kits vary, of course, based on the complexity of the recipe you're following. But in general, we found that we pay around $35 for something like a dry stout. But if we wanted something more complicated, it can go up to around $50. But again, you're getting about 50 bottles of beer out of that. When we ran the numbers for the one gallon kits that we were using, it came about to $9 for a six pack if we're comparing costs with that at the supermarket. With the five gallon brews that we were doing, that dropped the price significantly. We were paying closer to four to maybe $4.50 for a six pack. So if you're looking at this with just the numbers, then going with a five gallon setup can save you some significant money throughout the year if you enjoy craft brews. Of course, the best part with these hobbies, whether it's gardening or home brewing, is not that you're saving money, but you're enjoying a hobby that enriches your life and you can have some great meals and drinks at home. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got from preparing this episode. The first is start small. Whether it's an indoor herb garden or a small one outside, it can be a lot of fun to explore these new hobbies without a lot of hassle. If you're home brewing, start off with those one gallon kits. You can explore different flavors and brews, get more confidence in your skills. If you find that you enjoy it, it's easy to level up. It can sometimes be easy to overspend, especially when you're starting a new hobby, but by going with a smaller project, it's much easier to see whether or not this is something that you want to continue. The second is not all hobbies you have have to be money makers or savers. While I do appreciate uh, being productive and making the most out of my time, not everything I do has to have a purpose of being productive or even becoming a side hustle. It can be good to have a creative outlet with your hobbies and just let them be hobbies. And then finally, take advantage of community. It makes it so much better. Yes, we are home, but these hobbies, homebrewing and gardening, are a fantastic way to connect with others in the space. We can all learn from each other. And speaking of which, there's only so much we could chat in this episode about gardening or homebrewing. If you're into either and you want to get started or you want to see if there's others that want to chat with you and swap some stories and ideas, come join us in our Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're there to support each other with our family and financial goals. I'd love to share any tips I have, and I know that there are others there too. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash thriving families. We hope to see you there. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you're inspired to try out some new things with gardening or home brewing. And if you do start one of those projects, please tag me on social media. I'd love to see how you're doing. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As always, I'll have links to the resources we mentioned in the show notes, plus more over at simplifyandenjoy.com. And next week on the podcast, well, 
Besides gardening and homebrewing, there's another way you can enjoy your time around the house and save some money. DIY projects. But how do you figure out when it's a great thing to tackle yourself and when it would be better to hire a professional? We're going to get into that and more. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, basically whatever podcast app you prefer. Our theme song is from Staircases, additional music by various artists from audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it. If you want to share your story, ask questions, or throw out a topic for a future episode, please let me know. Be a part of our community. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.